the other Hawkeye. That's the, I think, the big contending point is, uh, who is the other Hawkeye? Is it her or is it Clint? I love the jokes that they make about that because honestly, like, I think that's the best part is that everyone's kind of like, well, they're both Hawkeye. Yeah. Except the whole, so what have we read? Because I basically stormed through the Kelly Thompson Hawkeye and I'm keeping up with her West Coast Avengers. So I'm sort of up to date on all the Kate Bishop goings on, but I don't know what you're at. A long time ago, I read the Matt Fraction run. So I knew kind of what happened with her and uh, Clint Hawkeye. Right. I'm just going to call him Clint and her Kate because it's so complicated if we call them both Hawkeye. So I had read her and Clint talking and like all of that relationship. And then I had read the Kelly Thompson run, but hadn't read all of it. So I reread most of that last night and then also fully read all of West Coast Avengers that's going on right now because for the most part on that one, I had just been keeping up the reviews, not really reading it myself. So yeah, so I am mostly caught up. I didn't read her Young Avengers stuff, but I... uh, read the wikipedia on it so i feel like that counts i skimmed some of those books it seemed just like fun young avengers stuff i've also covered the hawkeye by fraction which i love that's one of my faves and now i've lost my train of thought i'm trying to track her her timeline her timeline is kind of crazy i was surprised i didn't realize how long ago she had first been written yeah (laughs) yeah so 2005 i think was the first like official introduction of her but then she kind of just wasn't really around that much yeah i think the multiple young avengers books where most of her spotlight was for a while but then i guess someone realized hey she's actually a whole lot cooler than just being an add-on to the like the young avengers team give her her own stuff to do and now she has her own team so yeah full circle it's definitely her team right I think so. I think the way it's written, it's structured to be more of her team than Clint's. But it also makes sense that they're like collating it. They both have yeah. the name Hawkeye. So we just say Hawkeye is in charge of the team and then you don't have to decide. Right. Exactly. I mean, kind of just a little bit more on like her history and stuff. I think the biggest thing that I had never fully realized was her background, just the way it's structured and the way it's set up, especially with like the reason she got into martial arts and all that stuff was because she was sexually assaulted. And that was a big part of her transition into becoming a superhero, which I thought was crazy. And I think I had heard that like once upon a time, but Wikipedia is great for reminding me of things I've forgotten. I didn't know that. And that does, having read what I've read, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think you can definitely see it in the the trajectory. Yeah, that's the word (laughs) of who she is now and kind of where it all started. And so that doesn't surprise me. And then also not to mention her evil dad and her... Yeah, her family history is weird. I'm still not really clear on what the hell is going on with her mother. I really don't get it because she like comes back for like a scene in the Kelly Thompson Hawkeye and now she's in West Coast Avengers being evil and I also don't get that. I don't know if she's actually evil. Wasn't she with the the new Masters of Evil at the end of issue 7? She was, but that doesn't She might be mind controlled, I don't know. I mean she's evil. I don't know. There's so many unknowns about what's happening there that it's hard to I mean it's all speculation. It's not us saying this like oh this is definitely what it is but i think it's hard to decide and hard to figure out exactly because the run has i mean essentially just started it's seven issues and it's made out soon as of right now but yeah it's hard to tell because she is new quote-unquote and that type of thing where she she's just back in the picture now so yeah her dad's weird too because i remember in the the fraction run he's like some fat bearded guy 
And then I see him pop up in Thompson's Hawkeye, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not her dad. And I was like, oh, I got a clone body now. I'm like, okay, because Marvel hasn't learned their lessons that clones just suck. I mean, Marvel probably has learned their lesson. That's why he is a clone. The Spidey clone saga should have been warning enough. Just stay away from clones. I mean, at least nothing super clone. That's not true. I was going to say some, nothing weird cloney has happened, but there was a whole other clone of Kate around for like, six five six issues so there also no, it's was it a clone or was it madame mask just having fixed her face up to look like kate no i think it was an actual clone because kate's mom says to her something like get out of that body or something like that it does happen she was like if you don't get out of that body like things I must are have that. Well for you that happened oh yeah it happens in kate's solo run i believe yeah I all these super quick again so i hope i'm not mixing them up was that her dad that said that no i'm pretty sure it was her mom because that was, it was like the first like oh that's actually her mom type thing because they were watching them like run away out the window her and kate and clint were running away and everyone comes in to talk to Kate's mom. It does happen. I'm, not I'm drawing a total blank. I believe you. I believe you. I'm just drawing a complete blank. I could not tell you what issue it is, though, because I did read them so quick that it's all one big story now. So it's. I've got my iPad here. I could look it up, but I feel like that would just be a huge waste of time to just go scrambling through all these issues. So I'm not going to bother. <laughs> I think it's in the later half of that run. Yeah, because if, Clint, if Clinton is there, that's the last arc. He's only there for like four issues. Anyway, I am pretty sure that Madame Mask was a clone. That's where we went with this. Yeah. So, I mean, like there has been that kind of weird clone stuff and her dad is not a clone. It's like a magic body. This is what I'm saying. I don't know. He went from being a thick bearded guy and now he's thin and handsome and has the power to suggest stuff like a mage from Dungeons and Dragons. He just has the suggestion spell as a power. That is such a weird thing for him to be like, well, I have this now and I have yeah. it in our DNA. Like The moment that it was like, oh, he has this power, it flashed. Like the panel got dark and I'm like, wait, is he the purple man now? The imagery was very confusing. I'm like, wait a minute, Kilgrave, what are you doing here? Maybe they are trying to hint at something, even though that happened in a round that already ended. But he's still around now, assumedly. Yes, he because he was also with the bad guys at the end. Oh, that's right. West that's Coast Avengers that's number seven. seven. Right? Yeah. So he's still doing evil things. Why can't good guys just have not bad parents? Because then they have no tragic backstory. But you could also do like the parents died or something. Other than that gives way to just they come back and are still evil. Or then we get a like Batman scenario and that can just stay <laughs> in DC. We don't need that in Marvel, okay? That can just stay over in DC. That's kind of like Spider-Man, like Uncle Ben died. That's like the Marvel equivalent to Batman, maybe. I don't know. With the deaths part, I could see that. Also, yeah. I've talked extensively on other podcasts how I feel about that, so... Yes, I, I'm aware. We won't, <laughs> Let's not divulge into that this time. I won't beat a dead horse. <laughs> but yeah, the parents thing. I mean, I guess part of it is just kind of showing like Kate wants to be a good person, I guess, because she also has a sister who doesn't want to be a good person. Right. I feel like never comes up. Yeah, I uh, only knew about that because I read on Kate's like backstory stuff. Yeah. But I don't know if she's in like that. some of those very first issues that Kate shows up in. I don't know if the sister is around then. And that's how we know or it's... As far as I'm aware, I, in like the first few issues of Kelly Thompson's run, there's like flashbacks that show Kate's sister. And that's like all I saw of her. I'm like, wait a minute, Kate has a sister? And then 
like it she never came up again really so i'm like okay backstory just for the sake of it i guess i mean you want to know your characters right you want to kind of know who they are as people yeah but then like you because also the problem is that kate and her mother and her sister are all drawn very similarly at least when when romero was it Leonardo Romero was doing the drawing? He drew all three of them very similarly. So I was like, who am I looking at right now? That's fair. I do think Kate and her mom are intentionally drawn with like the same face and similar hair. Probably. Because I also think part of that comes from Kate not wanting to have any association with her dad. And I don't know, like that's just me saying that. So it could just be the artist were like, hey, we want to draw them similarly. But going more into that... You know, Kate really wants to stay far away from her dad. And before it was totally revealed that her mom is alive in some capacity. Again, we don't know even what she's really up to yet. But Kate always kind of was drawn to her mom and wanted to know about her mom and, you know, felt really guilty for not recognizing the signs of her dad's abuse. That's what I got. That's what I figured it was happening. I don't totally know that that's true, but... Yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, so, you know, Kate kind of wants to distance herself from that and always possible. So I'm not surprised that she wants to look more like her mom, even if that's not... I would buy it. If that was the reasoning, I'd buy it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I don't want her to be like her dad. Although right now, I'm not really sure I want her to be like her mom. So there is that too. Yeah. I think it's kind of, I guess, cheap that in a way, Kelly Thompson's West Coast Avengers is like maybe like at least 50% just a Kate Bishop story. And like the rest of the team is just there to like, like Kate has all the dramatic storytelling aspects and the rest of the team have all the flashy action sequences, I guess. That's kind of how I look at it. Cause like Gwenpool is really funny in this book, which I never thought I would say, cause I hate Gwenpool, but I really like her in West Coast Avengers. America gets like no screen time, even though she's one of the most badass characters on the team. And that really pisses me off. But then it's like, oh, hey, we've got all this time for Kate Bishop dramatic storytelling. I mean, I like it. I'm a Kate fan, so I am not disappointed in seeing more of her stuff. But I think some of that comes with just simply being the leader of the team. And granted, we kind of already talked about how her and Clint are co-leading it. But at the same time, in a lot of our team stories, there is a team leader, obviously. Like the Avengers always have a leader and the Young Avengers, other various groups that are out there because there are a lot like the champions and stuff. There always kind of is that one character that you do want to focus on. And again, West Coast Avengers is only in its like first arc and a half kind of slowly fading into the second arc, but not fully. And it is only seven issues in with eight on the way. So Mm. there's still plenty of time to kind of look at the rest of the team too. But yeah, I mean, it's Kate's team. So yeah, I should clarify. I don't mind that there is more of her story being built up, especially because she's kind of the only one on the team with a concrete story going on at the moment. No one else really has anything going on, so she's like the only one with a story to tell. But I don't know. Thompson's a very creative writer. I feel like she could easily whip something else up. For example, the romance between Quentin Quire and Gwenpool, I think is hysterical, and I want more of that. <laughs> but I guess not at the expense of the dramatic Kate story. I guess. And I mean, I read all of the West Coast Avengers issues that are out right now. I read them all in succession. So as one story, as opposed to waiting for the issues to come out every month. So, I mean, I also have that where it's like, oh, I can clearly see the story being told because I did read them in succession. And not that other people can't, not that you can't because you read them 
singularly as they were coming out. But I do think sometimes it is easier to see kind of the overarching look and story and idea of where they're going and what they're trying to do as far as that goes too. That has absolutely been, and not peeves, but I guess the difficulties with doing monthly reviews is that I'm waiting so long to read a story, like one issue after the other, that then it starts getting a little choppy and I start losing sight of what it's all about. As opposed to when you read a full arc front to back and it makes so much more sense. But uh, this is the price I pay for giving the people what they want, I guess. (laughs) I hope it's what the people want. (laughs) Hopefully. That's the idea, right? (laughs) We talk about how Kate like never stops smiling. This might be like way out of like right field, but like I feel like in most circumstances, Kate is never like upset. That's not to say not upset. But she's much like Spider-Man in instances where she's cracking jokes all the time and she's just really upbeat, even in the face of very dire circumstances. I love her attitude and in most situations, and that might just be how Thompson writes her, because most of my exposure to Kate is from Thompson's perspective. And, And honestly, most of what Thompson has done is very similar to what Fraction did. I feel like, I don't know how she was written in Young Avengers, but like for me, the way I read Kate Bishop is always upbeat, more often than not has like a plucky smile on her face and is having fun, living life, beating up bad guys. I love how she's so ready all the time to just charge into a group of dudes knowing like, yeah, I'm going to win just because. And I'm like, this is so unrealistic, but I don't care because go Kate Bishop. Is it actually unrealistic, though? I don't know. I mean, this is a world where superheroes exist, so... But she has no powers. She has a bow and arrow and wicked martial arts skills. That's it. And I I have somewhat hard time believing that Madame Mask hired all these stupid goons with no combat experience. Like, none of them can land a hit on her. I don't know. Well, I don't think no one can ever land a hit on her. I mean... In almost every single issue, Kate has bandages on her face or scratches or something. So I don't think it's that per se. And we've seen her like thrown off a cliff and like, or not a cliff, off the pier. She went off the pier (laughs) into the water. We've seen her totally get banged up. So I don't think it's that as much as she doesn't let it bother her in the same way. Because, you know, we have those brooding superheroes and we have those children superheroes who like everyone reacts to things differently. And I think Kate Kate falls in the middle of that almost like she's not going to be brooding. We're never going to get like a, I don't even know who's brooding like a Iron Man response out of her. Like that, like, okay, gotta forget everything or the Carol Danvers response where it's like, well, everything's fine and I'm just moving on all the time and not dealing with anything. I don't think we'll, ever get those responses from her because that's not who she was designed to be and i mean jessica jones is her mentor kind of not i love that arc i love that (laughs) so i mean you also get like the jessica jones aspect that kate wants to emulate but not in the same personality sense so i don't know maybe it's just because the influence she's influences she's had in her life and her superhero experience and especially because like I do think she's really similar to Clint in a lot of aspects and that doesn't surprise me because she did train with him and she's learned from him and all of this stuff from that as well so I don't know maybe some of that is from her training some of that is just who she is as a person possibly yeah like I didn't read a lot of that stuff before she was full on a superhero but kind of seeing what she does now where she's ready to dive in and ready to take charge but also be like well we got to save all these people 
Yeah. That's our job. Yeah, she's cool. I dig her diehard attitude. It's It works, especially when she's given so many stupid scenarios. For example, the land sharks in West Coast Avengers, which was awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, how else are you going to approach that other than, yeah, kind of just uh, got to deal with it. Go for it. Give it the college try and hope everything turns out all right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what her whole existence is, isn't it? I mean, I don't even think she's licensed now, technically, as a PI. I don't I don't know. Maybe no. I missed that somewhere. But, no, you know, she, she never got that license. Exactly. So she came into town and was like, well, I'm going to be a PI. Sorry, I don't need a license. And... <laughs> And immediately got this random college dude on her side working with her, which I love Quinn so much. He's so funny. And then, you know, Ramon and her brother and like all of that, like she gets all these people just like on her side and they're like, yeah, she's frustrating, but we love her and we're working with her. But where did Quinn go in West Coast Avengers? He's not there anymore. Yeah, I don't know. But neither is Mika. Like, she hasn't shown up except in that one panel. That's also true. On the team. So I don't know. But again, this isn't. Like, West Coast isn't solely about Kate, so no, we might not see all of that. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to think about her relationship with her friends and with Clint, who I kind of, like, lump in there. Because especially in her solo arc, you see how much Kate does rely on them. But at the same time, there is always that breaking point where she doesn't want to rely on them because she knows they'll get hurt or because she knows there's danger coming up and stuff like that. So I think that's also a really big testament to her personality, even though, you know, it can be infuriating for her friends and the readers as well, I'm sure. That's like, come on, just let someone help you. Yeah. But, you know, like, I think that is a very realistic personality trait to have. And I think it's kind of one of the reasons why I like her so much is because she does have flaws. And all of most of our other heroes, they do all have flaws. Like most of our hey, yeah, any good character well should have flaws. Exactly. But especially with Kate, and especially because I read a bunch of her stuff recently, I can see so much of myself in how she is portrayed on the page, who she is as a character. I mean, we always talk about how we want to be able to picture these characters in the room with us because otherwise I'm like, they're not written. You're not buying it. Yeah. And so Kate is so easy for me to see and so easy for me to be like, oh, I'd probably be friends with her and probably be as infuriated by her as everything else. But I do love her. And I think it's because I do see again, so many aspects of myself and her with wanting to rely on your friends, but then not wanting to push it too close to the edge. And I'm not a superhero or anything like that. So I'm definitely not trying to take those aspects on at all. But I do think the rest of it and how she interacts with people and how she kind of is sassy all the time and does that sort of thing. That is very much me as well. So I think that's another reason why I just am a big fan of Kate is because I like seeing someone who's basically like me as a superhero. Absolutely. And I think to go right off of that is a big part of what makes her work. I feel like she's definitely drawn or I should say written for a younger audience because a lot of her insecurities, her flaws, her I guess her mindsets towards a, like how she approaches things. I feel like are written for a younger character as she is, which then a younger audience can more easily pick up on. Unless you have like a really good emotional intelligence at the age of like 18 to 21, who else like who doesn't like keep shit from their friends? Because it's either you just don't want to talk about it or it's just too much and it's not like the right time or something like I feel like that's all portrayed very well through Kate's perspective, especially considering she's dealing with not like what we would consider to be normal problems. I mean, daddy issues are a very real thing, but hers specifically are very particular. And uh, you don't have an evil superhero, supervillain dad 
None of, we don't like really that's not a thing no no I, I can't say that i do <laughs> just kidding that's totally not a thing i hope <laughs> i hope that's not a thing my brother maybe <laughs> super villain siblings but not superhero yeah. super villain parents. maybe i don't know probably not that'd be cool though if honestly if my if it turned out either of my siblings were super villains i would probably try to tag along just so i could maybe get powers but then I could double cross them and become a hero, you know? This is our next comic that we're pitching <laughs> to Marvel. <laughs> Marvel, I hope you're listening to us because... Just... I feel like, didn't they do that with Runaways, though? No, not really. No. Runaways is a little bit different. Yeah. Anyway, back to Kate. Yeah. Her problems are... <laughs> Speaking of youth, how old is Kate? She's got to be at least, like, what, 20-something? Right. So, the Wikipedia, or the page, <laughs> whatever... <laughs> Not the actual Wikipedia, like the character pages that people make about them. So it was kind of talking on there. She turned, uh, I want to say 22. Hold on. I think I still have it up. So I'm going to check. It said... Marvel. Sorry. Marvel, if you're listening, clarify character ages. Kind of like what Nick Spencer did recently in Spider-Man when he said, oh, hey, Pete's like mid-20s, which I don't buy. That's total baloney. They're not going to clarify ages because then people can't figure out who they are that being said (laughs) that being said i do think kate is in her 20s okay i can't find it maybe i just made it up she's in her 20s i feel like she's in her 20s and i feel like she's old enough to drink so at least 21 yeah and from there i'm not really sure because it does seem very similar a lot of her relationships seem very similar to ones that i have with my friends now and absolutely she didn't go to college assumedly or if she did like we don't know about it i don't really know if college exists in this superhero cinema it does yeah just not for superheroes yeah so again like they don't have time for that crap <laughs> yeah and i mean when you're fighting to save the world i guess you don't really have time to study for classes and exams when you can just show up in california and just say yeah i'm gonna be a pi and you have wicked good martial arts and bow and arrow sk- archery skills yeah, what do you need college for? Screw that noise. I mean, honestly, like a lot of people in, you know, just everyday life, like they don't go to college either. So, but I I was saying college because that's how <laughs> I like to figure out people's ages. <laughs> because like, all right, if you're in college, you're probably between 18 and 22, probably. Yeah. That varies a little bit, but okay. you know, if you've graduated from college, then I am guessing you're at least 22. But you know, with superheroes, that's never easy to tell, and who knows about that. But my guess would be somewhere between 22 and 25, just because yeah. of how she interacts with everyone else, how old her mom looks. Like I was about to say her mom and dad, but I can't really judge it on him because he is a yeah, he did a, in that body like we talked. He about. did a thing, yeah, but and kind of how her relationship is with Clint, even where he's not like old enough to be her dad because that would be weird but he is old enough to be like her brother mm-hmm. in that sense although i'm sure Kate, if she was actually here would be like he's not family but then she'd be like actually yeah he is he totally is she's <laughs> honorary he might as well be he's my family but like i don't really want to claim him if i don't have to <laughs> <laughs> so i think kate is kind of in that 22 to 25 age range where she's still figuring out the world because who isn't and yeah. i'm sure people older than that listening to this are probably like well we haven't figured out the world either but she extra hasn't figured out the world yeah. yeah so that's kind of where i feel like kate falls into and yeah i didn't have anything else to say about yeah that. i think it's part of the reason i asked like if we can if there is any clarification on this is because i think 
think what I understand of her, at least starting in, I guess, like the Young Avengers to now, I feel like there is a bit of a distinction between how she was then and how she is now, at least in terms of her maturity. Because even though she's being wild and 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 crazy all the time and such, she still has a at least a more mature eye for the the things she's dealing with. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I was thinking about kind of the comparison between her solo run and kind of West Coast now. And I think it's even evident in that, within that, I mean, within her solo run, just in general, we did see her tell her friends about her dad and and kind of rely on them for stuff. And of course, start a relationship with What's his name? Johnny? Johnny. Yeah. I know that his superhero name is Fuse, but I couldn't... Yeah. Johnny. So, you know, we saw all of that. And then now in West Coast, where there was kind of that break between her solo series and West Coast coming out, where... I mean, you know, that happens in comics all the time, but we don't really know what happened in that span. But I do think it is evident that she has matured and she is somewhat ready to lead this team, even if she doesn't feel like she is. And even if she's kind of questioning her morals or her leadership ability and that sort of thing. But really, who doesn't question that? (laughs) True. Nowadays, at that age. Well, yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. She'll get there. Unless she's not allowed to grow up in comics because that happens too. Yeah. (laughs) Which reminds me, I'm really excited, completely off topic. I'm really excited for that Spider-Man book that's going to be like, oh yeah, Spider-Man, if he aged properly from when he was created to now. Just saying. Have you heard about that? No, because I ignore all things Spider-Man. No, just kidding. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you did. I don't ignore them because I have to edit reviews on it. So I have to at least know what's going on. That being said, I have not heard about this, but he would be what? Like old? At least. He he was Spider- he became Spider-Man when he was like 15, and that was in like the 60s, so he'd be at least 50. Yes, that is how time works. (laughs) Math is not my strong suit. I just like to point that out. But yeah, uh, so I mean somewhat old, but I guess not super, super old. I don't know. But okay, but like Jean Grey Grey just came back to comics, and she's only like maybe in her 40s, maybe. So Spider-Man is always going to be young. Let's pray that Kate Bishop never has to deal with the bullshit that is a comic book death and resurrection. Yeah, actually, though. But I wouldn't be surprised. I could see that being... No. I mean, I don't want her to die, but okay. Clint, that happened to him. Did it? Once. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I almost forgot. Yeah, he did die. Once? He died in Avengers Disassembled, and then after House of M, he came back. Yeah. Even though he died in House of M as well, because Scarlet Witch vaporized him. So technically twice, I guess. Do we count when everyone died in Secret Wars? Does that count? No, I'm kidding. I don't think that (laughs) counts at all. But I actually, that kind of, Clint dying kind of leads into something else I wanted to talk about. Because I want to talk about the idea of passing down a mantle. And kind of where that comes into play because Clint and Kate, I could be wrong about this, but from what I know of comics right now, they are the only two who basically share the same mantle. No, there's, you've still got however many spider people. Yeah, but that's different because they don't have the same, I mean, they have like the same spider powers, but not really, not in the same way. Then how do you mean share? So giving like an example, like the mantle of Captain America, because we always have to come back to Cap because that's what I know about the best. All right. That's fair. (laughs) I love Cap. The mantle of Captain America. So when it was passed from Steve Rogers to Sam Wilson. Bucky Sam, okay. Not Bucky. Because Bucky became Cap after Cap died. So that one's 
a little different and doesn't i mean it still like is relevant kind of but it doesn't fully actually it does i think it doesn't work the same way you're trying to yeah i can actually it does i'll circle back around to that one though because it needs to tie in differently. So, but when Ca- <laughs> when Captain America, Steve Rogers, passed the title of Captain America to Sam Wilson, and so then we had Sam Wilson, Captain America. We still only had one Captain America. There was only one of them. Steve only became Captain America again, like once he was kind of rebooted and stuff. And then he was Hydra. And yeah, not counting the Secret Empire storyline because like that doesn't really count. And now Sam isn't Cap right now so you know there's like all of that too i don't know that doesn't count well it doesn't count in the same way no but i think i see where you're getting at is that even though there were two captain americas at the time they were vastly different from each other yeah and like hydra cap now that we've seen the end of what happened in secret empire we never would be like oh that's captain america versus like Sam yeah, no, that's bad guy. You were like, okay, we have Sam Wilson, Captain America, and then we have Steve Rogers like over on the side. And the same with like when Bucky gave the mantle back to Steve after all of that happened. Like the same idea was there. Like, okay, we didn't have multiple Captain Americas. Like Steve, like Bucky Barnes was Captain America, and now Steve Rogers is Captain America. So they get transitioned along, and we do have like younger counterparts and stuff. Like we do have Iron Man, and we have Iron Heart, and like stuff like that. But overall, we don't have that many people who are going by the same name, as far as that goes. And we don't have people who have taken on the mantle and still are being able to work. I don't know if this makes sense. I think I know what you're getting at, but I still don't think it works because you've still got like. The, all the spider guys and relatively speaking like i think at this point the 616 universe has three you've got peter miles and the resurrected dr octopus as superior once again right but okay <laughs> to ground it more in this story <laughs> right i'm sorry i'm making comparisons no no it's okay like this is good it like hopefully helps me formulate my argument better so <laughs> kate bishop became hawkeye when Clint died and Captain America gave her the mantle. So she was Hawkeye. Is that what happened? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's how she became Hawkeye and that's how she got the mantle. So again, that kind of falls in line with all other mantle passing stories and stuff like that. Then Clint came back to life and he was Ronin while Kate was Hawkeye. Which was awesome. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not hating on that. But so we still had the separate, like Clint was Hawkeye, is Ronan, Kate is Hawkeye, and that's just what's happening. But then when Clint kind of became Hawkeye again, there was that weird, like, what do we do with both of these Hawkeyes? Now we have two of them. Who's going to give up the mantle, essentially? Like, that's what would have happened in most of our other stories. But that's not what happened. Whereas, like, Clint gave Kate basically his blessing to say, okay, we're both going to be Hawkeye and I'm fine with that. I'm sharing my mantle with you. I'm sharing the responsibilities and also the legacy of what being Hawkeye entails. And I don't think we've seen that really in any other story in the same way. Because even with all the different spider people, like we haven't seen Peter Parker be like, okay, Miles, like we're sharing Spider-Man or okay, Gwen, like whoever. Not in the same way. They've teamed up. They have teamed up. In, I'm not saying team-ups haven't happened. No, but in the first arc of Bendis's Spider-Man after, post-Secret Wars, there is a scene where Peter is says to Miles, like, yeah, you can be Spider-Man as right. well. But that hasn't that been retconned by now? No. 
Really? Mm-mm. Why would that be? They're still in the same universe. I don't know because stuff gets retconned all the time. I mean, that's fair, but no, that has not been retconned. Hell, I think as part of what's his name, Saladin Ahmed, as part of his new run, I think they kind of did the same scene over again. I haven't read it, but I caught panels of it, and it's like Miles is with the Avengers, and then Pete shows up, and it's like, oh yeah, I don't know how that scene's gonna play out, but okay, but the, so the same idea breaks down a little bit, but the idea is there in the sense like we don't have that many other heroes. Right. Mantles on purpose for the most part. Like it's usually a passing down and not yes. a taking back or a sharing. And I still think the Miles and like Peter one is a little different because Miles did come from a wholly separate universe. Which is a fair point. That versus is, that is like, fair. Yeah. Versus like Kate and Clint who coexist in the same universe. And even though Clint died, like they still are from the same place. Yeah. And they still are both Hawkeye. And I know there's a bunch of jokes and stuff about that, but just the idea of passing down the mantle and passing it along has been subverted a little bit with Kate and Clint, in my opinion. Yeah. And the more and more I think of it, I, I, yeah, there aren't as, I guess, as many as I thought heroes that actually share a mantle. Spidey is really the only one I can think of. And even then it's like, it isn't the same, at least not exactly the same as what the Hawkeyes are doing. Because, yeah, like you said, there's all the wisecracks and the jokes about it. But like the, the, when those two get together, it's like, yeah, we're, we're the Hawkeyes and we're going to fuck shit up, basically. Because it also works really well that they share that mantle because they also just have such a genuine bond with each other. Which I think is so cool because I haven't read the exact moment when Clint came back, met Kate Bishop and was like, yeah, we can do this. But I'm, I get the sense that that was probably like a, a weird experience for Clint coming back and being like, oh yeah, wait, someone's Hawkeye now? thought that was my handle. But then, like, you know, there's um, the Fraction Hawkeye Omnibus. I think it's like a Young Avengers Presents type story. And it's like Kate Bishop, or like Hawkeye pretends to take back all his stuff from Kate. But then Kate steals all the stuff back from him and is like, yeah, I'm still Hawkeye. And Clint is just totally cool with that. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That's how you, I guess, share a mantle. I guess they're the the prime example of it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think also having to think about kind of the repercussions of having the same name and carrying the same similar legacy on. Because I mean, both of them, you know, are carrying a legacy, but they're also intrinsically tied to each other because of the name, because of everything else. And I think that's especially relevant when Clint kills Bruce Banner, because then which is Civil War II, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it especially is a big deal then because, you know, there were a lot of repercussions from that and Clint had to deal with a lot of it, but Kate had to deal with it too, especially because no one really knew at first, like, why Clint had killed Bruce. Like, yeah. Kind of that. I mean, you know, we found out and there was a reason behind it. It wasn't just like Clint cold-bloodedly killing Bruce, of course, but there still is that having to deal with that, having to say like, okay, one of the Avengers killed one of the other Avengers. Yeah. And then Kate has the same name, the same superhero title as the one who did the killing. And so like, how do you respond to that? How do you react to that? How do you figure out what you're supposed to do? Especially because like Clint is family to her. Like how is she supposed to say, well, my family just killed someone, but I don't yeah. even know how I feel about this. And I don't know what's going on. And we're superheroes. We're supposed to do the right thing. So like, where does that fall in? Did they address that at all in Civil War II or any of the time? I know they didn't address it in, in the core Civil War II series, 
But did they do it in any of the tie-ins? Address how Kate felt about it? Yeah. I didn't read all of this, so I don't know. Again, thanks to Wikipedia, I do have an answer. (laughs) Apparently, Kate didn't know how to feel. Like, of course, these are like just vague details. I don't have that much more to go off of. But apparently, Kate didn't really know how to deal with it and had to come to terms with it on her own. What that entailed, I'm not 100% sure. But clearly, her and Clint are fine now because they're working together. But I'm sure it was addressed somewhere. Just I don't know where. Although that makes me think because when Civil War II happened after that, all the young heroes are like, yeah, all the adults are just screwing everything up. And then they have, all the youngsters are like, let's be, let's form the champions and actually do what heroes are supposed to do, which I love. I think the champions series is going very well. But that surprised me that Kate was not a part of that and is still not a part of it. Because I figured there were several moments where it seemed like they were going to really expand the roster of the champions. And I think recently they did that. I'm not caught up because they just restarted it for whatever reason, even though it's the same writer. But like they added a couple people, as I understand. I'm like, why isn't Kate there? And I guess it's probably because at this point she's I think there's two reasons for that. A, the obvious being she's with the West Coast Avengers. So she's not going to do two team books. And B, I think she's kind of already had her time in that young Avengers spot. Because let's face it, the champions are pretty much just the new young Avengers. And I think it's they don't want to repeat those same steps with her. Because pretty much all the kids on the champions are, not significantly, but definitely younger than even her. I suppose there's a good reason to keep her off that team. Even though I would still love to see her teaming up with all of them. Yeah, I agree. I think she's a little bit too old for that. That's why I think the West Coast Avengers are so well suited to her. Because... America, I mean, they're our best friends, but they are similar in age. Quentin, I guess, is, I don't really he's know. He's in that. He's, think, yeah, he's in that gray area. And All the West Coast people are young, but not teenagers. Yeah, that's why I think it's like the perfect book for young adult comic readers to pick up if they want to see people similar to them on the page. And of course, like not, don't get rid of like your favorites and stuff to read them. And of course there's like Peter Parker too, but you know, he's like, he's gone through a bunch of different changes and stuff. So there's that, but I do think they kind of fall into that a little bit older age realm, a little bit older than like Miss Marvel and Vivision and what's his name? Hulkling. Uh, What is his first name? Well, there is Hulkling, but then there's also Amadeus Cho as Braun now. Oh yeah. I think he's the one on champions, right? Yes, I think because now for War of the Realms, they're doing like a agent, a new Agents of Atlas thing, and he's on that team. I don't know if that takes him off of Champions. I don't know. Well, regardless, <laughs> they're still in that younger and Wasp, Nadia Pym. Yeah, they're kind of still all in that younger age realm versus looking at Kate and kind of the people who surround her with the exception of Clint. But, you know, every young person needs a mentor somewhere. So might as well be Clint. Like an anchor point. Kind of. Yeah, and anchor points are really big for Kate. And yes. General. So that was a great tie-in. Did you do that on purpose? Sort of. I said it, and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So Kate your subconscious your subconscious did it on purpose, and your yeah. consciousness did not. Anyway, yes, he is an anchor point as far as that goes, and kind of dealing with that. And even sometimes, I think the way he acts and the way he responds to situations are very similar to how the rest of the team responds, even though oh, yeah. however many years younger. And I yeah. mean... We haven't seen like quite as much of him 
now versus before and especially in the fraction run but i think a lot of that has carried over into which a lot of other stuff has happened in between then so i don't really know and you know clint sometimes is grown up and sometimes isn't but right now he kind of still falls into that meddling kids quote unquote that they like to throw out there which i think is so funny i love that scooby-doo reference i think it's great because i think it does kind of tie in to how kate kind of runs the team and how things are run i mean we don't have like a dog but we have jeff the land shark now so exactly <laughs> i love jeff the land shark i hate sharks and I still am in love with that. If anything happens to Jeff, I will be furious. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, and I think especially with like still that Scooby-Doo metaphor of putting Kate as Fred kind of not in the same way, but I do think they think very like analytically about things and not that their personalities are the same at all, but kind of their team roles, I think are very similar. And I kind of think Clint could be Daphne at times. And now I'm hyper analyzing and trying to pinpoint exactly who the hell everyone is on this team i think some of them don't fit in quite no. as much because you no, they really don't. so like i don't know where but like uh, personalities aside i think that they do have very specific roles within their teams and i'm sure we could draw comparisons if we thought about it a whole lot more but uh yeah <laughs> i would just love in west coast avengers if gwenpool could get her her fourth wall breaking powers back because that would be hysterical just to see how all the logically minded characters deal with that. I mean, Quentin's already just losing his mind about it. So who knows? Okay, I want to compare Kate and Clint. I know we've talked a lot about them being similar and stuff, but I also want to compare them because I do think even intrinsically, if you're saying, oh, we're talking about Hawkeye, people automatically think Clint. Like regardless, and especially yes. I think the MCU kind of plays into that too because do have Clint Barton on our screens and we don't have Kate Bishop yet. I'm hoping she comes. So Marvel execs on the movie side, please listen to me and please put Kate Bishop in something. They need to do, I think of this one, Champions movie really would be awesome. Or at least styled like that because like it would i don't be, know uh, i think it would be better as a tv show kind of like how they're doing titans really i just want a hawkeye show and just styled like the fraction run well we did write an article about that so you can go read our article okay we are mirroring kate and clint because when people say hawkeye they think of clint more than they think of kate so we're going into that and kind of thinking about that more because i do think there are a lot of similarities between them and we can definitely go into that but i think the differences are more pronounced and more out there if you're really looking for them because again i don't think there's that many personally there are of course and other people are going to be like oh well, one's a girl one's a guy i'm not talking about that that does not count we are not I'm so glad you said it and I did it because I was ready to be like, let's get the obvious one out of the way. Yeah, but I am not. Thanks for <laughs> doing that for me. Because clearly you can tell that if you're looking at them on the page or even looking at their names, probably you can tell. But going on. Unless you have like no brain, but. Who knows? Okay, <laughs> but it is out there. It is stated. We are not discussing the fact that he is a boy and she is a girl because can I make it any more? Nah, that's obvious. So the main difference that I want to talk about that I think is really important is the fact that he tends to be more of a loner and she tends to rely on her friends a lot more. Oh, and yeah. I think you see that a lot in the Fraction run, but I think you even see that a lot kind of right now or even at the end of her solo run when he kind of came in and was like they were working as a team and of course they worked together and there is that aspect. But I think Clint, like, of course, he's going to ask Kate for help, but he's not going to really ask anyone else for help. Versus Kate, 
who at the beginning of her solo run didn't really want her friends coming along and even later in that solo run whenever that issue about her going to the fighting arena like she didn't want them oh yeah coming along either but at the same time like they're the reason she kind of was saved so she kind of has to deal with that and deal with all of that and especially like she has a boyfriend now and kind of do all of that part too and clint is like perpetually alone <laughs> yeah i mean he did um he was married actually to mockingbird he was married to bobby and they had that whole thing going on as far as that goes too but that was a while ago, and clearly that didn't work out that well for them. It sucks, because I thought they were really cute. You know, at the time, like, seemed... I don't know if it was good, per se, in the whole sense of the word good, but... As far as I could tell, like, even what I saw in Bendis's New Avengers, which is where I think they were, it seemed fine, but, I mean... But it's also not going to ever be one of those couples, like, it's not ever going to be MJ and Peter, where everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're amazing together. That being said, since then, Clint know has kind of been on his own yeah he had a thing with spider woman i think for a while in the fraction run i think it hinted at that because he finds that one girl he finds the redhead who's like running from the russian mobsters all the dudes who wear all the adidas gear he meets that girl who's running from those guys i think like either just like kisses her or maybe has a one night stand with her Whatever, but Jessica Drew catches wind of it, and she just gets pissed off, and then that relationship is basically ruined. Yeah, so... To all of this to the point that is that Clint Barton is lonely, and is probably holding on to some deeply-seated depression about being lonely. And Kate Bishop is not lonely. <laughs> yeah, but I like that you pointed out how that, through, like, when she goes to the Thunderdome, as she calls it, which I thought was very funny, even though that movie sucks, is that I wonder if that was done on purpose to, I guess, emanate her similarities to Clint. This sort of, like, I guess, to, like you said, mirroring the two of them, maybe. Or it could be that, or I could just be hyper-analyzing things in comics that aren't there. I don't know. I like to think that might have been done on purpose. Or it could just go back to us, like how saying how Kate is young and has youthful insecurities and youthful flaws, you know? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I like your comparison to it showing her in relation to Clint a little bit better because I wouldn't be surprised if Kelly Thompson had kind of snuck yeah. that one in there. Yeah. Especially because I think it's also supposed to kind of draw that not comparison contrast the fact that if clint had gone in there alone odds are there wouldn't really have been anyone coming to save him i mean maybe like yeah. there might have been but it wouldn't have been his friends and it wouldn't have been them calling up the police or talking to the police and saying hey like something's up something's not good like this is where they are please help yeah. us and i also think the issue with madame mask as kate is also super relevant, I guess, obvious, I don't know, is also kind of tied into that because all of her friends can tell that something's not really right. And they might not fully know that it's like someone impersonating Kate, but they can tell that something's not right. And they can tell what is normal for Kate and what isn't normal for Kate. And I also think like that's really important and just even important showing good friendships in comics and kind of saying like, hey, this is kind of what real world friendships should look like. And you're kind of seeing it mirrored on your page. But apart from that, I think that is also really important to point out that difference between Kate and between Clint and say, look, Kate has really good friends who are able to show when something's wrong with her. And Clint 
does have friends and he does have Kate and Kate can tell when something is wrong with him. But at the same time, it doesn't work in the same way. They're super similar and that, you know, isn't always good and also causes problems as we saw at the end of that fraction run. But apparently they've seemed to kind of move past it a little bit now and are able to deal with that whole aspect. But I also think Clint saying, oh, like I'm only going to be part of the team part time the West Coast Avengers team is also kind of a testament to him still wanting to be a bit of a loner and a bit, you know, working by himself or working with only one person if he can help it. Obviously he's been in every single issue. So I guess yeah, So that, that's that part-time that isn't really working out. He's not really part-time, but maybe that's a testament to Kate kind of changing him and dealing with that as well. I don't know. I hope so. I hope yeah. it's not just Thompson forgetting. Because that doesn't seem like something she would do. Yeah, I don't think it is. And maybe he was intending to be part-time, but all of this stuff just keeps happening. And maybe, maybe I don't know, but I would like to believe that he is, you know, caring a little bit more about the team and dealing with that. And he also is like a co-team leader, so I guess he's yeah. care about them. No, I can't say that Clint views the Avengers and all the other heroes as like friends of convenience. Because there's no way, because like you get those moments like in House of M where he confronts Wanda and like absolutely breaks down. So there's no way that it's just he's friends with the Avengers and all them when it's convenient for him. There's no way that's the case. But yeah, for I don't know, there's I feel like even the fraction run didn't at least as I think on it right now. I might maybe I'm forgetting something, but I feel like it never really did touch on that, that he's just typically alone because realistically, he never really is alone. Like he's got like Lucky, the pizza dog or any other like hero, like one other hero, like Black Widow or someone with him. But there's never really any getting down to how seemingly at least he's sort of, yeah, he's a loner and would probably prefer to do things just by himself. But circumstances will dictate that he not, not, he just doesn't do things alone. Clint's got a weird dichotomy of being lonely, but also being surrounded by people he cares about. That definitely does not exist, I think, with Kate. I think Kate is very, very much, I have my friends and though, yeah, sometimes I don't want to share things with them or I might have to distance myself. It's like, I still care about them and I need them because without them, I'd probably be a bit of a wreck. I think that's the big divide in terms of Kate and Clint needing people. Yep. Agreed. I want to say stylistically, like how they approach situations is probably a bit different. I'm trying to think. No, I could see that. I think Kate is more, not quite level-headed, but I think she thinks things through more than Clint does in the sense of like, okay, like this is what we're aiming to achieve, but what's going to happen right after versus like Clint's just like, let's solve the problem and we'll do what happens next. I would almost say the opposite. I feel like Clint is the more analytical one considering he's got more experience. So he knows to be cautious and like approach certain situations with care i feel like every time you see kate going into a fight at least in like the kelly thompson run you get the pages where she's like dotting out all the aspects of a room but then it's like it's right to it it's like she does like her plan and then if something goes wrong she's just rolling with the punches i don't know the kate stuff is more fresh in my mind than anything i've read about clint specifically so I might be missing some Clint stuff. Well, I was thinking a lot about when uh, Kate is kidnapped by the Eden because Clint has a plan, but he doesn't really think about what happens after the plan. That's true. Right. He, yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'll bring Matt a mask. 
But then that that completely fails because then it's just like, oh, yeah, I just gave the uh, the one bad guy a new bad guy friend. Yeah, exactly. So I, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Like he wants to get it solved, but doesn't really think about what comes next versus I still kind of feel like Kate thinks things through. And I don't think this is contradicting what you said about their like styles of the way they go into battles and stuff. But I also think like Kate is just constantly kind of thinking things through and trying to figure out like two steps ahead and not that clint isn't but i feel like we get it more with kate and again i also just read the kate stuff so it would just be more fresh for me also but i do think like yeah we do see all the points of what kate is noticing and i think that happens i want to say that happens in the faction run too with clint but i could be wrong about that and i'm just pretending it's over there i don't know but i I feel like i've seen that before with stuff that clint has done as well but it's not that so much as like kate's like after all of this stuff noticed and after i figure out like the one thing i need to use like i already know how it's going to end up and i think you especially see that in i don't know issue number it is but in the issue where she goes to find madame mass but it ends up being her dad and his weird new body because she kind of expects her plan to fail a little bit and like has those two arrows like ready to go to be able to still jump up top so i don't know like maybe she is kind of like thinking maybe not four steps ahead but maybe she's thinking like okay i need plan a b and c all happening at the same time she's a a step ahead maybe i give her at least one step i could say two because like you probably wasn't expecting to get like shoved in a pool but she was expecting to does that take away one of the steps though i don't like two steps forward one step back i give her at least one so i think another thing that we really could talk about is the need versus public persona of who kate is just as a character as like a person existing in the comics world because you know that she doesn't exist in our world unfortunately but as far as that goes and i know that's like kind of an acting term and i got a recommendation from someone to kind of look at this stuff a little bit more so public persona is kind of i feel like the words kind of explain it a little bit but you know everyone has that persona they put on when they're in the public so it's kind of that thing that you're putting forward and saying like okay this is who i am as a person to everyone and not even like a fake like oh like this is how i am in public this is how i am in private more kind of just like an overall like persona and then underneath that is like the true need of the character so what is fully driving the character what are they kind of yeah basically like what is driving them i think that's the best way to kind of put it and kind of explain it is to look at it that way and a lot of writers would say what's their motivation what are they looking for and so you know actors are also looking for that but that one it usually like boils down to something not like small in the sense of like oh it's a small thing but small in the sense of like it's singular most likely that's driving them and pushing them forward so as far as that goes to Kate I just talked a bunch I was gonna let you talk if you wanted to first no yes because that makes me think exactly of how Kate always presents herself with that happy-go-lucky attitude despite there being so much going on in the back of her mind that she's so unwilling to share despite her i don't want to say dependence because that sounds a little too heavy-handed but her trust in her friends she trusts them with things but at the same time there's a lot she hides so she's very ready to put on the tough face the always happy moniker or moniker however you say it i don't know what you said made me think of where she finally catches the imposter kate madame mask and basically like boils down madame mask's problems but then madame mask just throws it right back at her and then she basically goes home and rips down all her stuff that she's got on her dad and is just like no mom is the real problem now this is the thing i have to figure out 
And that's also when she not breaks down, but lets out everything that she's going through right now to her friends. So the point being that I think that's a good balance of breaking down, I guess, what might be considered the false persona, the public persona, and get and then letting out the uh, and her needs like, you know. Yeah, I fully agree. I was thinking kind of when I was thinking about this before the podcast and even as you were talking about all of that, I agree. I think an underlying thing is definitely the drive to figure out what happened to her mom. But even underneath that, I think it's the guilt that is kind of driving all of that because she does feel guilty for what happened to her mom and she does feel guilty for not realizing what was going on. And there is that whole, I shouldn't say whole, I think it's like a page maybe or a couple pages where she does kind of remember what went on. Actually, I think it kind of happens over the course of a whole issue too at the same time because she's constantly remembering how her dad grabbed her mom's arm and what her mom oh, told yeah. her about leaving. Yeah, that's over the course of the issue. And all of that too. And, and it comes back in especially when... Kate asks her dad if he's the one who killed her mom and gets the response from that. I still think it's the underlying guilt that is really and truly driving Kate and her mission and her goal right now. And I'm sure there's other stuff too in the like missing of the mom and the want for her mom to be back. And especially when most recently her mom has come back, like Kate wants to be with her mom and that's, you know, that's a thing. But I think kind of figuring out that her mom's alive now, her underlying need has changed a little bit. I think it's changed to... Well, okay. I don't know this still because, you know, there have only been seven issues. But I do think it has kind of adjusted to incorporating the fact that her family doesn't have to be the people related to her. And I think that kind of started with Clint, obviously. And it started with how she relates to him. But especially with Quinn and Mika and Ramon... In that like set of friends who don't have powers and then her whole other set of West Coast Avenger teammates and friends who do have powers and who are working with her all the time and her boyfriend and kind of all of that. I think that is extending to that. And especially when Kate was like, well, I'm not going to leave them in this creepy abandoned amusement park because I'm going to go back in. I'm going to save them. And I think that underlying need, quote unquote, want to respect your family and come back to your family and deal with your family and say that, okay, like I have to deal with them one way or the other, whether or not that's good or bad. I kind of think that is fully what underlies where Kate is trying to go and what she's trying to do. I agree. But I pointed this out in my review for whichever issue that happened in West Coast Avengers was that I thought when her mom finally comes back, she's there. And I didn't think that her reaction, that Kate's reaction was really appropriate Given what I know now, having refreshed on the Kate Bishop Hawkeye run that Thompson did prior to West Coast Avengers, it makes even less sense to me. Like, I do hope that it's like she's realizing she doesn't need her blood family, her blood relatives to be complete. She just needs that family that she, I guess, decides upon. But how do you just drop the ball on, like, you've been searching for your mom rather endlessly for a short while now maybe a little longer than the comics make it out to be. And then she's finally there and you're just like, oh, hey, mom, give me a second. I'm like, the logic is a little shaky for me. But at the same time, it's also like, it's like you said, her family doesn't have to be her little, her biological parents. It can also be like this team that she's assembled that, that she really cares for. I don't know. I feel like there is a balance to be struck that Thompson missed in that one issue, but Considering most of the other stuff she writes is brilliant, I can forgive it. I'm not sure I agree that she missed the mark. I think there are repercussions that we haven't seen yet that 
Thompson's kind of playing the end game, playing the long game. The long con. Yeah, I think she kind of has that because they just escaped from this place. And I mean, all that's out right now that I read of West Coast Avengers 8 is just the preview pages. So we only kind of know that they have to deal with this scrolls issue that he has kind of brought to the table and is like, that's the next thing that's on their plates. And of course, like there's always going to be something else, but we don't know how Kate is reacting to seeing her mom, except for the fact that she saw her and we saw, I mean, I thought their interaction with each other was kind of realistic. Like, of course, Kate is going to be in shock about seeing her mom alive. Like she kind of guessed, hoped that she was alive, but doesn't really know. And the fact that her mom is the one who's like, all right, come on, we're like leaving. But also like her mom is there with the other villains. That's true. I think it's more of a shock factor than anything really. And of course, Kate is excited to see her mom. But I think over the course of Kate existing as a character and being written and having her own solo runs and kind of showing up and stuff. And we've already talked about this, the fact that you can see her maturity. And I think that that's especially real in that specific moment where she's like mom I have to go save my friends and my team because I am team leader and that's my job so I think it's a testament and I don't think that's out of Kate's character to say I have to go save these people who I work with all the time and who are my friends like I mean I don't think that's out of a lot of characters but outside of a lot of characters personalities and things that they do but I think especially for Kate we have seen her so loyal to this group of friends who have kind of sprung up around her and her LA life and also Clint like she's definitely not going to abandon him like he has been more family to her than either of her parents have been or her sister so I think it's kind of all of that that feels very realistic to me and felt very realistic to me now if it still doesn't get addressed then I think that will kind of be an issue and like something to deal with as far as that goes. But I think that first interaction with her mom was realistic and is something you would expect out of that situation because I don't know how I'd feel. I would probably be focused on the mission and like, yeah, like her mom coming in is a curveball, but you still have the mission you have to get back to. And like everyone is in danger because you brought them to this place. So I think it's kind of all of that that comes together that I don't think made it that unrealistic of a response. That being said, again, I don't know how it's going to play out. So I'm hoping that it kind of goes somewhere else and we do get to see her react to that. And maybe that plays in this next issue. I don't know. But yeah, so I kind of disagree, but I can definitely understand where you're coming from. You make a compelling argument, but I would have liked a bit more emotion from Kate in that moment of finally, like, maybe this is my mother again. I would have just liked a little bit more than we got. And I think the other thing is that... I mean, even we as readers don't know if we should trust this or believe this. Right. So I can't fault Kate for not wanting to put all of her emotions out on the table in that moment either because yeah. we have seen clones. We have seen weird bodies. We have seen Brodock. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, we've seen Aren't like that all guy these... back. Yeah, I don't want him back at all. Um, <laughs> but we... <laughs> We have seen all of these weird things come into play. And even in like this run and this LA life of Kate's like apart from all the other things we know about comics and what can happen in comics, specifically with Kate, we've seen a whole bunch of weird things happen. So I also can't fault Kate for not fully trusting because you don't know why your supposed dead mother is suddenly back and is suddenly here again. And is this a trick? Who knows? I feel like Kate Bishop, a character who is so not over the top, really has to deal with way too much over the top bullshit. But I think that works, kind of. 
Yeah, I guess that's probably the point is throwing all this absolute nonsense at a character who really has no qualifications to probably deal with it, seemingly. Because, like, all the fraction Hawkeye run is just Hawkeye dealing with the shenanigans in his apartment building and stuff, which makes sense. But then Kate Bishop is dealing with clones and hate-mongering douchebags and a lot of weird stuff. Well, she does have an evil dad and possibly an evil mom. But no, I agree. I totally get that. But I think that's kind of the nature of superhero stories in general. But especially, I think that's the nature of who Kate is as a person and what she can handle. Because I think there are some things that, like, other people couldn't handle. And, like, there are specific stories tailored to specific powers and stuff. Like, you probably aren't going to have anything super high-tech for Kate Kate herself because she doesn't know how to deal with that. And if it is, like, then she's drawing other people in. So, I mean, like, there's, like, that aspect as well. But... I don't know. I like the zany weirdness of what she has to deal with. And I think it leads to understanding who Kate is more as a person and more as a character and who Thompson really wants her to be and that sort of thing too. Yeah. I really love how Thompson writes her. She's great. Yeah. Me too. I am a big fan of Kate Bishop. Although I really liked her in the Fraction run too. I thought that whole character of her has really carried through. Yeah. As far as all that goes. I wouldn't say that Thompson and Fraction write similarly, because I feel like Fraction is a bit sharper in his comedy, but at least in their portrayals of Clinton and Kate, they're very, very close. Yeah, and I mean, they're not like ever going to write the same, but I don't no, think there was no. anything like super jarring to say like, okay, well, Fraction wrote Kate before, and now yeah, no, there's, Thompson is writing her. And If I didn't know any better, I would say it's the same person writing these characters, because the transition is very seamless, but while also keeping in their own unique flair. And that more so comes in, I think, in how the stories are overall told, how they are told overall. Probably a better way to word that sentence. So do you think Kate has a tragic flaw? I mean, I don't think all characters have to, and I don't know that all of our superheroes do, but do you think Kate does? Tragic? Like this is the flaw that defines her or will ultimately be her downfall? Like that kind of a flaw? No, but... I might be taking this too literally. I don't... I mean, not in the sense of like Othello in Shakespeare killing his wife out of nothing tragic flaw, (laughs) but in the sense of like, could this be her downfall? I mean, I think Clint's tragic flaw is his desire to work alone. So like, does Kate have one? Top of my head, I don't think so. Or if she does, I haven't found it yet. I feel like she probably does. And it is probably related to how she tries to compartmentalize all the shit in her life. As I'm saying this, the, the idea is forming as I say it. But as far as a tragic flaw goes, I kind of agree in the sense that I don't know if there's like one like big flaw. I think that is something that has really come up in literary sense. And I don't know if that's really true in real life and comic life also like kind of I mean, of course, it's literature and like that kind of aspect, but I'm not sure all of our characters have to have like full on true tragic flaws that are going to complete the downfall. That being said, kind of to jump off of what you were saying a little bit, I can totally see that the idea of saying kind of turning off her emotions almost about certain things is kind of how I look at it because, you know, like everything does impact her. And I'm not saying we don't see that. And I'm not saying like she straight up turns off her emotions and stuff like that. But I do think that 
she does separate as much as she possibly can. And I think that could definitely lead to something that could cause a downfall, I guess. I mean, I don't know. And of course, I don't want Kate to like crash and burn at all. But I do think that you can kind of see aspects where she doesn't tell people everything that she should be telling them straight up off the bat. And that could lead to something. And granted, like we did see her like tell her friends about her dad. So it didn't lead to something in that moment, but I do think it could, like the option is always there for it to lead to something. Yeah, essentially what I was thinking. I don't know that that would be her quote unquote tragic flaw. I think that's just her most prominent flaw amongst the few that she has. Yeah, I don't know that she has exactly like a the character defining flaw, at least not yet. Yeah, and she's still young. So I mean, yeah, time to kind of add that into. She's got time and oh, she'll get there. <laughs> She'll she'll have a flaw, but also if Kate is not necessarily designed to be the better half of Clint, but that's kind of sometimes the role it feels like she takes on, maybe she won't have like that whole tragic flaw idea. I never looked at it that way. Yeah, I don't have a Clint. I like that. I think she could be. And, you know, we talked about mirroring them and we talked about comparing and contrasting them and all of that, too. And they are so similar. But I do think that it's easier to find flaws within Clint versus within Kate. And I kind of wonder if that's I don't know if that's intentional. I think it could be. I definitely think it could be. But yeah, so I think Kate could end up being Clint's better half and could also just yeah not have that tragic flaw. I mean, of course, she's going to have flaws because she's a human essentially and i know she's a fake character and i know that (laughs) but you know still having that like human aspect and and it's humans writing her so there's also that too that's being put into it the meta oh my god so i think the meta (laughs) so i think she could just have like regular human flaws basically because i'm not fully convinced that tragic flaws exist for every single person in real life i believe they exist in real life but i don't think they exist for every single person to have a one tragic flaw i agree with that makes sense cool so before we wrap up i am curious about a couple things that i want to ask you about that i of course have opinions on as well but i want to hear yours one of them is that i kind of said why i like kate bishop a lot throughout this and you kind of have but you haven't like fully been like hey i like her because of this so i'm kind of curious about that as far as that goes i think the biggest part and i yeah i've sort of said this although not in direct correlation to why i like her but it's I think it's definitely at least how I've read her is that she's presented in appropriately youthful light and such. And I'm finding more and more nowadays, I'm like, I gravitate towards characters like that because, you know, I'm only 22 years old. 22 year old characters or characters in that age range will obviously likely be written in a light I can understand. And I think at least the ways Fraction and Thompson have written her. I think that really shines through because I always find ways to go back to Spidey because he's my favorite. But I feel like Kate is has a very similar, I guess, way that she operates in that she's always like she's always having fun, even when things are looking bleak. She's always cracking jokes, being really stupid in times that she shouldn't. And I enjoy characters like that. I mean, that's part that's part of the reason Spidey is my favorite because it's the same, kind of the same reason I enjoy Kate so much. Also that I think it's part of like that Kate being the better half of Clint idea that you brought up. I think that is actually how to say that now because I think I had that idea for a while. I just didn't know how to word it is that she's because I love Clint Barton, but 
there's so, like he's written in that weathered, more experienced light, and there's a lot of there's a, like as we've pointed out, there's lots of similarities between the two, but it's reading Kate Bishop for me is a lot of times it's almost like I'm reading a younger Clint Barton who is also a girl, but I'm a fan of the Marvel Archers. They're grossly underrated characters. <laughs> who everyone needs to pay attention to more. Give Clint another solo run. Yeah, that was kind of my next question. Like, do you think, I mean, even Kate just herself, do you think she's underrated? Do you think people should pay attention to her? Oh, yeah. Kate, even more than Clint is underrated. Kate deserves so much more attention than she gets. I almost kind of just want to see maybe her phase out of the West Coast Avengers book eventually and just have her own solo series again because I would like her story to be her own without all the distractions. Not that I have a problem with the way West Coast Avengers is written. I think it's a great book. I think it's one of the best ones Marvel's putting out right now. But I would love an uninterrupted continuation of her story and just to get more of her. I'm terrible with PR and uh, marketing, so I don't know how you get people to read her more. But hey, maybe this is part of it. For those listening, go read Kate Bishop material because she's really awesome especially if you're a younger reader i feel like you'll you'll gravitate towards it a lot easier than older characters read the archers in general kate and clint they're both awesome they're both funny they have such great exuberant attitudes and i just found a way to use exuberant on a podcast going back to them being underrated i agree (laughs) i have nice transition thank you (laughs) i thought it was great no but i agree i do think they're underrated and That was legitimately one of the first things I wrote down when I wanted to talk about Kate because she is a character who's out there, but I feel like people don't really think about her because a lot of people, you know, tend to think about the bigger characters, which is cool, but people should pay attention to Kate as well. Yeah. And I have long been a fan of Kate's. So, of course, this is coming from me just loving her since always, but especially recently rereading everything. I definitely think it's worth taking a look into. And like you said, younger readers, but I think people even close to our age and in their 20s, early 20s, even late 20s could relate to this and can totally get stuff out of what Kate has to offer and what Kate's saying and who she is as a person. I was very serious earlier when I said she would be one of my like super close friends because I love her so much. And definitely has characteristics of the friends I have now even. So I think there's also the kind of that aspect in it that does make her underrated because if you're an older reader, you're like, oh, well, like I've already been through all this. And if you're a little bit on the younger side, then maybe you're not living through it right now, but it's upcoming or maybe you are living through it right now minus, you know, like the land sharks and all of that stuff. Yeah. But definitely the relationship aspect and kind of the maturity and as far as all of that goes, I definitely think it's worth taking a look into. I would not follow her example of just trying to go to Cali and being a PI without a license because that, I don't know how she gets away with it in the comics, but I am almost positive you would get no slack from you law enforcement. Live your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> And Um, die by them if you're ready to go down with the ship. (laughs) Yeah, true. You know what? But no, that kind of, we kind of already answered the last question that I really had. But kind of to put it succinctly, why should people pick up Kate Bishop? Why should they read it? Again, we kind of just answered it, but yeah. there might be more of an answer there. Basically, any all the reasons I like her, the re- like basically all the reasons I, I think she's relatable and, and such, I, that's pretty much my two cents on that. Oh, and honestly, like, yeah, again, West Coast Avengers is one of the best books Marvel is putting out right now. I wouldn't say it's a particularly shocking book, 
like on the blow by blow basis, but it's a feel good comic and it shows that Marvel still knows how to have fun. Not that they ever really stopped knowing how to have fun, but it's one of those books that shows they're not taking their shit too seriously right now, which is good because uh, in recent years, their things have been weird at Marvel, you know. Captain America was Hydra for a little bit, and uh, amongst other things, yeah. So, read West Coast Avengers, check out the Matt Fraction, and Kelly Thompson runs on Hawkeye. Both iterations of the Young Avengers, from the original from like the 2000s, and then the Marvel Now run, both versions she's in, pretty sure. I'm sure that stuff's got some good Kate Bishop material in there. Do what you can to engross yourself with Kate Bishop material, because she's very well worth it. And she totally deserves a TV series or something. Get her in the MCU. That's my two cents. Yeah, that basically sums up everything that I kind of feel how I kind of feel as well. I definitely think West Coast Avengers is worth reading and getting from your comic shop every week. I think what Kelly Thompson is doing with the series is definitely a lot of fun and it definitely doesn't ever feel like the story is kind of lagging, at least not for me. And I haven't read them all week by week or month by month. So that could be a little bit different. But overall, I think it's a really fun story and you get to kind of see all of these other characters who have kind of been existing on the fringes of Marvel occasionally or have kind of, you know, fallen by the wayside a little bit. But they're there and they're led by Kate freaking Bishop. So, you know, you have her in charge too and that Clint and Kate team up again is there as well. And yeah, I mean, I'm a big advocate for reading Kate because she is so great and so fun. And I think a lot of people could just find a good story to read. I mean, it's probably not going to be like super dark and political. I mean, it's not because I've read no. her solo run. <laughs> it's not even the most heavily thematic material you'll find. There is certainly like grittier and more hard-hitting writing you can find. I don't think, but I don't think Kate Bishop is the character for that kind of stuff on purpose. I don't think she's ever really meant to be written in a brooding, like over-the-top serious light. She's a fun, light-hearted character. Like I said, for West Coast Avengers, like that book is a feel-good comic. You read a Kate Bishop book, it's like she's a feel-good kind of character. More than likely, you'll come out of any Kate Bishop story feeling a bit more upbeat than you did prior. So. Yeah, I agree. You got it all, honestly. Yeah. Kate is great. Everyone should go buy Kate's stuff and West Coast Avengers. And go buy it, please. We want this run to keep going. 